Hi, I'm Paul Swinfle and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about chatbots as we ask, would they be better if they only had a brain? So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to this week's edition of Tech Interviews and again it's another video version of the show uh, of course if you are uh, just listening on the audio stuff you're not going to get to see me or uh, all this week's guests so um, do pop over to our YouTube channel to take a look at the, the video version because uh, we're, we're interested in your feedback as we do more of these kind of video shows so um, anyway it's a brand new series it's a, it's a new set of shows we've got some really good content coming up over over the next few episodes for you um, but we're kicking off with a, um, a fast developing um, um, fast developing technology, fast developing technology area, um, something that I'm, I'm keen to find out a little bit more about. And it's this kind of idea of cognitive AI, the, the kind of AI assistant that I think we're all becoming increasingly familiar with when, we, um, when we're engaging with, with different sized businesses, different organizations. The idea that we will find um, a little helpful bot pop up in the, in the bottom corner of a screen that starts to answer our questions and maybe can start to guide us to get quicker responses and give us a better customer experience. But how does that all work? Where's that kind of technology going? Um, I have no idea. So I thought it would be best to um, ask a, an expert. Uh, so to do that, I'm joined by uh, this week's guest, um, Peter Voss. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Welcome to the Tech Interviews. Great. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, no, no. A real pleasure. So, um, well, look, Peter, before we get started, um, why don't we jump in with uh, a little bit of an introduction? So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your background, and of course, a little bit about uh, your, your company and, and what they do as well. Yes, sure. So, yeah, I'm the founder, CEO and chief scientist of iGo.ai. And I'll just give a little bit of background how I got to what I'm doing now, which is really my passion. I started off in electronics, uh, had my own electronics company. Then I fell in love with software and my company turned into a software company. Um, and I developed various uh, software platforms, uh, including database system and programming language and also an ERP software system. That company became quite successful and we did, did an IPO. We got that company got listed. So that was very exciting. But it also gave me the, um, the, the, the opportunity then to take off several years and study intelligence. Um, because in writing software, it always struck me how dumb software really is. You know, it doesn't have any common sense. And even I was very proud of my software, but still, if we didn't think of some something, it would just throw an error or give some silly message. So how can we build software that has some intelligence, some common sense? So I spent five years studying um, intelligence from all different angles, from philosophy, um, epistemology, theory of knowledge, from uh, cognitive psychology and how do children learn, what do IQ tests measure, how, how does our intelligence differ from animal intelligence and all of that. And of course, all the work that had been done in artificial intelligence as well. And it's a culmination of that. I came up with a design uh, for a cognitive engine or a thinking machine. Um, and I started an, uh, an AI company then uh, to an R&D company, basically, and for five, six years, we just took my ideas and turned them into various prototypes and code. And then in 2008, we had enough together to actually start commercializing this and company called Smart Action to automate phone calls. And, you know, everybody can relate to that because people hate it when they call into a company and talk to a machine and the machine really 
doesn't understand you or press one for this, press two for that, you know. Um, so with our uh, cognitive engine, uh, we are able to offer a much better experience that it remembers what you said earlier in the conversation. It has deeper understanding and, and so on. So that company was for, uh, I, I formed in 2008 and, uh, you know, it's, it's still going strong. But I found myself getting bogged down in providing cloud services, you know, it's a SaaS company. And so all of my time was really spent on scalability, redundancy, security, HIPAA compliance, you name it, you know, those kinds of things. So um, six years ago, I, I exited the company and started Igo.ai to really to be able to focus on cranking up the intelligence further. And so for six years, we were back in development mode. And then last year, we got to a point where we decided we are now ready to commercialize the second generation of our technology. And this time we're focusing on uh, uh, chatbots. Um, it's still, I hate to call it a chatbot, but that's what easiest to understand. So ours is a chatbot with a brain. Um, so whereas, you know, the chatbots that you come across, again, don't have memory. They don't remember what you said two sentences ago, never mind what you said last week or last month. Uh, they're very shallow understanding. Uh, you know, if you, it's just usually sort of keyword pattern matching. So if you say something like, um, I hate Uber, I, I don't ever want to use Uber again, chances are it'll still trigger the Uber app, you know. And um, and they don't have any common sense or any reasoning. So, uh, so it really requires a cognitive engine or a brain to manage the conversation, to have memory, to have deep understanding and that. And th this is really my, my mission and ultimately to get closer and closer to um, the, you know, human level conversation. Well, I'm, I think, I mean, firstly, that's a, you know, it's, it's a great introduction. Obviously, lots and lots of experience in this space, and um, and anybody who's tried to sort out the uh, the pain that is uh, an automated telephony system should be should be rewarded. So, um, so, so hopefully, your <laughs> rewards will come. Um, so, um, but uh, so there's a couple of things that really interest me in in all of what you've just said, uh, and I think actually that. Um, that kind of attempt to find better intelligence in terms of the way that software operates. I think that's something that we're seeing across the industry in, in lots of areas. And I spend a lot of my time uh, working in the data industry, looking at kind of data management. Uh, and I think it's a, a, one of the interesting challenges, I think, of a modern data platform is the idea of intelligence and automation, because as human beings, we just can't keep up. You know, we, we can't keep up with the amount of data that's being generated, the security threats, the, um, you know, understanding how things like you talked about HIPAA, things like HIPAA compliance and, and how they may impact that, that kind of thing. So, you know, the, the more intelligent automation that, that we can build into those platforms, the better. Um, so, so I think that's a, that's a, that's an interesting kind of challenge across the industry for for organisations and enterprises of, of all types. And um, but but maybe just because guys, we get get into the topic. Maybe if we step back a little bit and talk about kind of what we mean when we look at these kind of you know, as you said, you use so I'll I'll use the phrase chatbots as well, being as you did. You know, so so kind of what do we mean when we talk about those kind of things? I think people have seen them, but but what do we really mean by them? You know, how how are those kind of things operating, and and how do businesses see the value? of those kind of things so so although in many cases we kind of see them and think they were a, a little stupid and, and a little bit annoying but obviously organizations and enterprises see some some level of value in that so do you want to talk a little bit about that you know kind of what what that technology is put it in a little bit of context for for people who are watching and, and listening right so um i think what we're hearing in the marketplace is that companies are increasingly um 
understanding what the limitations are of the sort of current technology that's, that most people are using. Um, and let me expand a little bit on what that is, because the current technology that most companies are implementing are chatbots without a brain. You know, they basically consist of two things. Um, and I'll, let me kind of go a little, little bit off, off topic here just to give a bit more context. Um, DARPA, have, uh, DARPA recently, well, about two years ago or so, gave some presentations talking about the third wave of AI. So they talk about three waves of AI. The first wave is basically what's also called good old fashioned AI. So it's sort of expert systems, formal logic, you know, there's the stuff that's been going on in AI for decades. And then the second wave really hit us about, hit us like a tsunami about seven, eight years ago when deep learning, machine learning, really when, when people figured out how they could use massive amounts of data and massive amounts of computing power to do really, really useful things. So the second wave is basically the statistical systems, uh, deep learning, big data, machine learning, but they don't really have any intelligence. You, you, you gather the data, you build a model from that, and the model is static. It doesn't learn, it doesn't reason, you know, um, and uh, people are realizing what the limitations are. So the third wave of AI that, that DARPA is talking about is to have adaptive systems, systems that can learn on the fly that can have one-shot learning, can hear something once and know, remember it and to be able to use it, uh, you know, that have deep understanding and so on. And that's sort of, we, we, we really not, you know, our company has been focusing on that for the last, uh, well, 15 plus years, um, but it's, it's really not in the mainstream yet, the, these sort of cognitive architectures, um, cognitive systems. So uh, giving that background, basically pretty much all the chatbots that you see out there being used by big companies are a combination of first and second wave. They basically build a big categorizer. Uh, so if you say blah, 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 umbrella, then it'll trigger the weather app. You know, and it, it's basically sort of just a pattern matching and it, it's intent categorization. So it just says, what do we think this person actually wants? And it triggers one of whatever, 20 or 200 um, possibilities. And then for that possibility, so if you say, you know, I hate Uber and it triggers the Uber app, then it basically, then somebody wrote a little flowcharty type program uh, that basically says, well, where do you want to go? How many people are going? Do you want Uber X? And, and that's really the extent of uh, chatbot technology today. Uh, and if you just have a simple question, what's the weather, you know, um, or give me Uber, if that's what you really want. Um, and, and you can just follow a flow uh, that, that give, captures the information you want, or it's a simple, a simple answer that it can give you like an FAQ then that works perfectly well. You know, what's my bank balance? If, if the system already knows who you are, yeah, sure, that, that can work very well. But we, we are coming across almost every large enterprise that we talk to uh, are actually very disappointed with the uh, engagement, the satisfaction of chatbots that, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, um, uh, you know, um, you know your... Um, your phone service or, you know, bank or insurance or whatever. And they've often spent many millions of dollars developing these chatbot systems and they find they just have a very low success rate, very low customer satisfaction rate and so on because they don't have cognition. Basically, they don't understand, they don't have memory. 
uh, they don't have any reasoning, they don't have, yeah, they, they, they're basically just too limited. So that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, can I, just, I think that raises a really interesting point because I, I think lots of people will invest in technology because it's kind of like the, the cool technology. So people will see chatbots as, as a good example of this, I guess. So they'll see them on right. the website and they'll think that's a good idea, that could add some value to our organization. But from the way you're describing it at, at the moment, because of a lot of the limits and, and maybe even the way that some of these chatbots are implemented, perhaps they're implemented relatively mm -hmm. poorly. Correct. Does, does it run a real risk for an enterprise that if they make an investment like this but make a poor investment, it actually devalues the whole thing and, and spoils the customer experience and, and the investment they've made? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and that's a big, big risk. I mean, people get frustrated and then it reflects badly on on the company and you know and they they may lose customers or if they locked in customers like your cable service you know then that just adds to the to the frustration of of dealing with uh, with those uh, with those companies so it is a big problem but then there's also tremendous pressure uh, to be able to handle the you know the peak loading so if you have live operators uh, in in the background i mean there are all sorts of limitations with that you know performance can also be very uh, sparty in terms of having you know good agents and not so good agents uh, you typically can't cover 24 7 long wait times that you have you know you can't handle peak periods uh, training is a big problem as your company you know products change and so on so there are lots of limitations with having live agents so there is a lot of pressure to to actually to be able to autom uh, to automate that where wherever possible um, so yeah there is there is a, 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 a huge demand for that but they really need to have better technology than what's currently uh, being used so why do um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, in, but, but maybe it's worth you know just for people listening to this who are kind of new to the topic. So so why are regardless of whether that technology is you know as well implemented as it could be? So so what value are businesses and enterprises seeing in this kind of technology? What, what what do they look at and think that actually this kind of investment would be worthwhile? Yeah. So. Um I mean, the, the sort of most exciting projects that we are working with um, really see uh, a, a, a chatbot with a brain, an intelligent chatbot that can become really a, a hyper-personalized concierge type assistant. So, for example, if you, um, you know, if you're a, a, a retailer and you, say, sell a, a variety of gifts, then you can get to know the person uh, the, the the customer, you can get to know who they buy gifts for and what occasions they buy them for, who the people are, and they you know can remind you, hey, your your grandmother's birthday is coming up. Do you want to, you know, send chocolate again or flowers or or, or whatever? Um, so to to really have that hyper personalized one on one assistance uh, that even a, a live agent couldn't provide. So those are the most exciting types of things or your, your banking assistant that really knows about the diff your, your needs and what you, what you like and what you don't like, you know, and isn't going to ask you silly questions or try and sell you things that you really um, aren't interested in or aren't appropriate to you. So that hyper-personalized um, personal assistant, I think, is sort of really the, the goal that, that, that many of uh, the enterprises are aspiring to. 
And do they see that as a as a way of giving a better customer experience? Uh, you know, more more efficient sales processes, perhaps. Um, you know, something that remains, and I'm going to use a horrible sales phrase here, but me, means those those customers remain sticky to them because they feel uh, like they're getting this. Of course. Proper. Yes, of course. I mean, it's just, uh, it, but it's also a win for the customer. So you have a better experience. You have, it's like having your dedicated agent that you can talk to who actually remembers you, knows what you're about. You're not just a number, you're not just a demographic, but you're an individual. Um, you can get service 24 7. There are no wait times that you have. It can, you know, offer you useful. Can be proactive and reminding you of things, um, you know, which again, having a live agent, you, you wouldn't have, you know. Um, so yes, there are just tremendous advantages in in that, and really giving greater customer satisfaction, making the relationship more sticky, as, as you say, um, and and also of course increasing revenue and and reducing costs um, for for the company. So it's it's really great across you know uh, uh, all, all dimensions of course the difficulty is ultimately you need near human level intelligence to to really pull that off and you know we're not there yet so there, it's it's sort of we're getting there we're on the way but uh, you know there are still there are still limitations and you really do still need uh, human operators as as backup you know for this well, that, that leads kind of on to the next question I had for you because, um, and, and you've, you've kind of partially answered it there because cause I'm interested in kind of where where the technology li lies at the moment. So Enterprise is obviously looking at this idea where it would be great to have this kind of intelligent, um, intelligent cognitive assistant sat as part of their, their kind of customer interaction and something that's got enough intelligence about it to, to allow that customer to, as you mm -hmm. say, one, to, to gain benefit, to get that better experience, but also to feel like they're getting getting better value for the for the customer. You know, so so where do we stand right now? You know, a, a good examples of this, for example, are things like Siri and the Google Assistant. Good examples mm -hmm. of this, um, you know, and and. Where, where do we stand right now and, and kind of how far away, you know, how, how fast are we moving towards mm. that, that, the ability to deliver that kind of more true intelligence and, and, and better experience? Right. So to if I try to quantify it, you know, this, uh, Siri and Alexa and that, uh, they're using first and second wave technology, basically. And if you had to put it on a scale, you might say if they had an IQ of 10, I mean, not that IQ is sort of the uh, right measure, but if they had 10, with, with a cognitive architecture right now, um, you could maybe be at a level 25. So, you know, very significantly better. And you can do things that you simply cannot do with uh, first and second wave technology. But we're still a long way from, you know, a hundred of where, where we, we want to be. Now, how fast will we get from, you know, 25 to, to 100? It really depends on uh, how you know, how much development is put into cognitive architecture. And at the moment, it's it's still very early days because, and, and this is um, not because the technology itself is lacking, it's more an accident of history that deep learning, machine learning has been so incredibly successful uh, in particular in the billions and or trillions of dollars of value it's creating in targeted advertising, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, there's just so much money in it that basically it's the only game in town. So if you want to do a PhD, it's deep learning, machine learning. You want to earn the big bucks, it's deep learning, machine learning. You want to get your company funded. You know, it's uh, it's it, it, there's so much, um, you know, energy channeled into that uh, specialized hardware and so on um, that it's very difficult uh, for to, to change that dynamic. But people are increasingly... Uh, understanding and acknowledging the limitations of uh, deep learning, machine learning, um, that, you know, even the CEO of uh, DeepMind, you know, they employ, what, five, 600 PhD-level researchers in deep learning, machine learning. He says deep learning is an amazing technology, but it's definitely not enough to get us uh, real intelligence, not by a long shot, he said. Now, that's an amazing statement to come, you know, from Demis Asabi's uh, of, 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 of DeepMind. Uh, so people are realizing that second wave, first wave, second wave isn't going to get us there. Um, but, you know, the, the oil tanker is moving very slowly to, to say, okay, you know, we, we've got to scrap everything. In fact, one of the other founding fathers of uh, Deep Learning said, we should throw it all away and start over. And and I think that, but it's very difficult to do that for companies, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think we see that across all of technology. We see that across all all mm. kinds of businesses, don't you? That that there are, there are often, um, you know, without making politically political statements, I guess, but there are often competing mm. interests. So where where we might want to see right. uh, technology evolve, there may be competing the the electric car and the gas, you know, the the oil companies. Mm. Maybe they don't they, they don't sit. Um, sit side by side perfectly um, and, I, and i noticed actually having a look through your website while i was doing a little bit of research ahead of the call uh, you've written quite a few blog posts around that kind of topic around kind of the ethics of ai and and how we mm -hmm. utilize it so so i'll make sure some links to that, those posts go into the show notes as well because i think some, some really interesting reading in there um so so, so uh, obviously we, we, we've talked a lot about the industry and um you know uh, and, and for people who listen to this show they know we, we try not to make it kind of a 25 30 minute advert for for any company but but obviously, you've seen some challenges in in this space uh, that's that's you know driven you to form Ago.ai to to look at addressing mm. some of those things. So, so as a company, what what are some of the areas that you're focusing on? How are you trying to shift and and improve this technology so that so that an enterprise making an investment is is going to get you know more reward for for that investment? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, what we what we're finding as we're talking to large enterprises that they've almost all of them have tried to implement chatbots, um, you know, using the sort of off the shelf technology for supplied by the big companies and well, also hundreds of smaller companies. Uh, and they find it wanting, you know, that's often it's, it's very disappointing. Many companies we come across have actually pulled the plug on it because it, it is counterproductive uh, in terms of customer uh, experience. Um, so they, they, are, they are ready, uh, they're very keen to find better technology that can uh, serve, service them better. Now, to do a good job, it really needs to be deeply integrated into their, into their existing you know, frameworks and that, because if you want to give good customer service, the, um, the conversational AI has to know about your customer, it has to know about your products, it has to know about your your business rules and, and so on. And, you know, it's not a trivial undertaking to, 
uh, to train a system, to set up a system to do that. So there has to be some uh, commitment to do that, you know, to build the APIs, uh, the integration, the ontologies that are required for it, um, and and so on. But the rewards are, of course, uh, very significant if you can if you can get it right. So that that's what we're seeing, and it's it's uh, actually almost every um, enterprise we talk to is sort of in that at that place, you know, where they really want to have better conversational AI and the current systems that they've probably spent millions of dollars and some some of the big banks have literally hundreds of people working on these chatbots and they don't, you know, they have a very, very poor utilization and customer satisfaction. So the market is definitely ripe um, for better technology. And so, so how are you? So how are you helping organisations to start to overcome some of that? Then, because you know, obviously, you guys are looking to do this differently. You know, is there a different approach that you take? You know, is this not yeah. just about technology? Correct. So we currently focusing on working with larger companies and we take it on as a turnkey project where we basically help them with that integration, with the setup, with the ontology, you know, implementing the business rules and integration and, and so on um, to, to really make sure that, that the system overall works effectively. Now, it, in parallel, as a company, we are also building out our development tools, monitoring tools, and, and so on, to basically build these ontologies and APIs and things um, so that we can work with, with implementation partners or that larger companies can do their own implementations. But right now, we're not, we're not quite there yet. The tools that we have uh, are not slick enough, not sophisticated enough, um, you know, to make it generally available. So that's why right now we are we are working with a relatively small number of large companies and, you know, sort of white glove treatment, turnkey solution um, a- approach. Yeah, so, so right now, kind of, Ego AI is, is, is very much a... Um, it's not company in development, as you say, you know, it's, it's a company that's kind of, you know, you're not in stealth, you're, you're kind of out there in the market, but, but this right. is very much you still developing and finding your feet in the same way that the industry is almost, but, you know, but having the skill sets and experience you have Correct. is almost yeah. looking to find the right customers to help to drive the, the whole technology and whole approach forward. Correct. Yeah, we're still a relatively small company, but we, we, you know, we have far more demand and interest than we can handle right now. So it's basically a question of how quickly we can scale the company without messing things up. Um, you know, so I've, I've, I've been through that a few times. So it's, it's an exciting time to be, you know, we, we have our product ready. Uh, we have our first two customers uh, that are, that are uh, going live very exciting so now it's about scaling the company and making the product available to a much wider range of, of, of customers and partners and oems well before we, we wrap up i kind of one, one more question for you and, it, and it's something I'd, I'd like to ask when, we, when we're doing shows like this where we're looking at something mm. that's a little bit new that maybe lots of enterprises are, are unsure about whether this would be the kind of thing that would be be useful for them so, so if i'm listening as the, i'm listening to this or watching this even you know and i'm a, a decision maker a, a senior it person just an, an it pro inside of an organization what mm. kind of things might i be looking at in terms of what we do as a business to say do you know what this kind of technology could be useful for us? What are some of the use cases? What, what are some of the opportunities inside of an enterprise for, for this kind of technology? 
Right. So um, because our system is sort of industry and application agnostic, it's really about conversational AI. And we teach the system the the background knowledge it needs to know and the ontology and, and so on. They're really a very wide range of applications. So I, I mentioned the sort of gifting concierge assistant. Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, banking assistant. So we have, we're working with some banks uh, with uh, insurance. Uh, but also for diabetes management, for example, you know, where people want to get better control of their diabetes and they might have a human coach that they can speak to once a week. Now, with IGO, it's a constant companion that can help you choose your meals and, you know, monitor, you know, monitor your blood pressure and give you advice and, and so on. Uh, we have other applications, uh, a, a company we're working with that does um, VR um, training of staff, staff training of, of salespeople and HR people, where IGO can then manage the conversation that you're having during your training session. Um, we have other applications uh, as a sales assistant, as a front-end to software, in this case, Salesforce. Uh, salespeople are notoriously bad at using Salesforce. Uh, so if you could have uh, if you can just talk to Salesforce, if you can say, tell me about my next appointment, you know, what are his hobbies or what products he's interested, does he have any kids, you know, if that information is available, IGO can just tell you that we call our agent IGO, of course. Um, so an IGO can tell you, and when you're done with your sales call, you can just say, um, IGO, remind me next Tuesday to follow up, set this to high priority, send them brochure X and let my boss know what's going on. You know, so they're really a tremendous. And then robotics, of course, if you have a robot in a hospital or hotel, um, you want to be able to talk to it, you know, go to the dispensary, pick up this order and deliver it there or at a hotel, you know, bring me a shower cap and tomorrow morning I want, you know, two eggs um, sunny side up, you know, or whatever. So the tremendous number of applications, it's really for us to find the right fit, a company that's ready to to work with us. And yes, we are not bleeding edge, but leading edge uh, technology. So not every company is going to be, you know, big enterprise going to be comfortable um, working with this relatively new technology, though the technology has been around since 2008 in the call center, but still our company is, is, is young. So finding the right fit where the use case is right, there's enough, we can generate enough value uh, and the company is is ready to to go. It's you know it's a, an important enough problem that it has sponsorship at the highest level, because as you know as as you know, if it's just some little experimental project down in the in the trenches, uh, usually it never sees the light of day because there are too many you know competing things and politics and whatnot going on in the company. Yeah, so well, I mean, you, you said before, I think that the, the, you know it sounds as though the examples of what you can do with this kind of technology are, are almost endless. You know, it's from automating repetitive tasks, better ways of, but better ways of interacting with technology. You know, I think the Salesforce example is a good one. You know, it's um, although maybe Salesforce needs to ask some questions, and if everybody finds Salesforce so hard, but that's a whole different debate. Um, you know, but but I, but I think that from and as you said, robotics, it, it, you know, that ability for maybe to to interact and and to have intelligence that says go and do this and then the next things you're mm -hmm. going to do are these because you've learned it i thought you get a great example right at the beginning with the kind of you know somebody um managing medication so instead of 
maybe just mm-hmm. a once a week kind of um, appointment with somebody. Maybe an appointment that's done like this. You know, we're done done over you know a, a video conferencing chat. It's it's that kind of consistent messaging and learning about the way that you operate and, and do things every day. So you know, it, it sounds like a you know an industry that's developing quickly you know even even if there is some competing interests that w- would don't want it to con- don't want it to go as forward as, as fast as they they may do um so uh, for people who are listening to this so peter and you know are, are interested in um you know whether you know kind of what you guys are doing is is exactly right for them right now and i know certainly mm-hmm. on your site and, and we mentioned those blog posts before there's some there's some interesting kind of background information for organizations maybe to to start to build an idea of how they may be able to use this technology but so for people who want to find out more about uh, what you guys are doing uh, and, and maybe want to see if they can find you you know is a, is a way to do that social media whatever uh, a, a good way to follow you and, and find out what you're up to yeah certainly um, medium.com uh, all of my most of my articles are on medium.com so peter boss medium.com you'll you'll find them um, yeah you could also just email me peter at igo.ai uh, or on our website there's contact information so um, yeah number of ways uh, linkedin so, so I've got to ask, when, find people, me in different places. when people contact you, is it actually just some cognitive AI in the background dealing with all of the requ- requests, or is there a human interaction? <laughs> we'll leave that uh, question unanswered. Oh, that's, yeah, that, exactly. We can see how, how good the technology is and whether they can figure out whether it's you or not. Uh, that's, that sounds like a great way to end. So, uh, well, well, Peter, look, that, thanks, for being, uh, thanks for being a guest on the show. I think it's a fascinating area that you're working in, um, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's good to see kind of an organisation like yours growing and developing and looking to drive forward technology so um so yeah th- thanks for being on the show and and hopefully can have you back on in the future we can talk about maybe some of the developments sure. you've done and, and some of the the great things you're doing with your customers so uh, but for now peter thanks for being a, a guest on tech interviews and uh, look forward to having you on again soon all right well thank you for having me as was fun thank you I hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes and you can also of course find us on our new youtube channel over at techstringy tv if you'd like to appear as a guest on Tech Interviews or have an idea for a show, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. And if you want to make sure you catch all future episodes, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe on YouTube, and of course you can subscribe in all of the good old-fashioned podcast ways on all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. So, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>